Well, good afternoon, ladies. I'm Michelle Easton, president of the Claire Blue Foods Policy Institute. Today we are here to honor a great conservative woman who every day stands strong for conservative principles, Congressman Marsha Blackman. And she told me once that soon after she won election in the U.S. Congress, a local little boy came up to, came up to her and asked her, do we call you Congresswoman now? Marsha told him, when I was in the state senate, you didn't have to call me senatress, so call me congressman. I am with you. When I run in the meeting, I'm the chairman. I'm with you on that. Before we give the award, I want to introduce just a few other leaders from our distinguished audience at our head table. First, a member of the Clearable Loose Policy Institute Board of Directors and president of Ray Green Publishing, who was our 2005 Woman of the Year, Margie Ross. Next, vice president of the Heritage Foundation, who was our 2008 Woman of the Year, Becky Norton Dunlop, who is also the Lewis Institute's partner at the Conservative Women's Network Lunch we hold together each month at the Heritage Foundation. Becky? But I, I especially want to introduce you to two of our super students who are at our head table. Both interns with us last summer, Anna Livenpott from Ohio University, who just had a great Christina Hawk Summers lecture. If you want to talk to somebody who puts on a great event, feel free to come up here and talk to Anna. Now stand up, Anna. <laughs> and then Arissa Dameron, who is at Yale and is an activist there in the Buckley Society and is a wonderful writer and is actually coming back to Washington this summer to intern for Margie Ross. There you go. You see the, the circles are very small. I, I used to tell my boys when they were growing up, the circles in the conservative movement are very small, so with the boys, of course, I had to say, so behave. Now, I want to have the staff at the Clear Ruthless Policy Institute who are here to stand up all together. They work so well as a team. I don't get many opportunities to thank them publicly for their work on this event and others, and especially our program director, Laurel Conrad, who had the lead on this. Stand up, staff, staff, and Sophie and Jean, Laurel. Now, for more than 23 years, the Claire Ruth Loose Policy Institute has been preparing, promoting, and celebrating the best conservative women in America. And every year, the Claire Ruth Loose Policy Institute gives a Woman of the Year Award to honor an extraordinary woman who, like our organization's namesake, Claire Ruth Loose, shows courage, leadership, grace, and dedication to advancing conservative principles. This year we're honored to present the 2016 Woman of the Year Award to Congressman Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. She was first elected in 1998 as a Tennessee State Senator, and her Senate career included leading a statewide grassroots campaign to defeat a proposed state income tax. Tennessee is one of the states without an income tax. And she earned a reputation through that and many other things as a champion of anti-tax and government reform issues. Marsha came to Washington to represent Tennessee's 7th Congressional District in 2002 and quickly became a leader in Congress as well. 
She has served on the U.S. House of Representatives Majority and Minority Whip Teams since her election in 2002 and serves as Vice Chairman of the Key Energy and Commerce Committee, which has jurisdiction over health care, energy, and telecommunications issues. She's also one of our best speakers on the Obamacare disaster and describing the better conservative approach to American health care. She's earned a special reputation as a leader and policy expert on telecommunications issues and intellectual property rights and has strong ties with Tennessee's recording industry and the songwriters and performers who make it great. She now lives in Nashville in Minnie Pearl's old house. From the young ladies, do you know Minnie Pearl, the country singer? And what does she have hanging from her hat always? The price tag, yes. She lives in her house. And with her applied piano minor in college, Marsha is right at home as representative to many of the nation's most popular songwriters and performers. Just like Claire Booth Luce, throughout her career, Congressman Blackburn has been a passionate supporter of the right to life. She believes every life is precious and that we must work to build a culture that respects the right to life. During the past year, she helped lead the fight to defund Planned Parenthood and was recently named Chair of the House Select Investigative Panel on Infant Lives, which is tasked with gathering information about the medical and business practices of abortion providers and organizers who sell baby body parts. She's a great model for young women with a wonderful husband and two terrific children, and now she has grandchildren. She's a 1974 graduate of Mississippi State University, and she paid her way through college. Those of you who are working through college, she paid her way through college on a 4-H scholarship. Yes, I worked my way through too. Yes. By selling books door to door with the Southwestern Company, and she was one of the first female saleswomen in the South and went on to form the company's first female sales division after college. She's a bold and persistent fighter for conservative principles. She was, she's somebody that so many Americans, especially young women, are inspired by and look to as an example when it comes to courageously speaking out and working as hard as you can for what you believe in. Many on the left, especially in the universities and in our popular culture, pretend not to be aware of the amazing achievements of women like Marsha Blackburn. Instead of praise, and I know many you've seen this on your campuses, conservative women are often ridiculed or marginalized. Sometimes they are savaged by liberals and radical feminists and left-wing leaders and groups, and many in the media. But at the Claire Booth Lewis Policy Institute, we are eager to celebrate the achievements of conservative women leaders. We know they represent the millions of women across the country who believe in traditional values, who believe that peace for America comes through strength, and that our rights come from God, not from government, and that's what makes America an exceptional country. Marsh, I want to thank you for all you have done as a conservative leader for America, and for inspiring so many women with your devotion to hard work and principles. You are a leader who, like Claire Bouffus, is beautiful,
you so much. What a fantastic room and a fantastic group. And some of our teens, Blackburn, are here with me today. And I am absolutely thrilled to be with you and so thrilled to receive this award and be in such fine company. And I see Katie McFarland, another woman of the year, has slipped in the door.
should vote for me? Because that was his first question. Why should we vote for you? I told him, I said, well, let me tell you something. I have been the three-year-old choir director, the room mother, the room mother chairman, and the Girl Scout cookie mom. And if you can handle those jobs, you can handle the U.S. House of Girl Scout cookie mom knows that you are looking for that final 26 cents at 3 o'clock in the morning to make that report balance out right. We should be so diligent with the U.S. budget. We wouldn't have $19 trillion in debt. Uh, Girl Scout cookie moms can't print the money to make it work out right. But the point was, I had a variety of skills, diverse skills, that came from a wide array of life that I was bringing to work for the public good. And I encourage you to remember to use those skills. The second thing that I want to encourage you on is leadership is not as it appears, but as it performs. And that is one of the key lessons from this election cycle. People don't care about your experience, they care about results. People want to know what the outcome is. And that is their focus. What have you done with the opportunities that you have been given? What are the results that you have achieved? When I was running for Congress, I was out knocking on doors down near Memphis, Tennessee. Do I have any Tennesseans in this room? I'm so excited I love seeing all these Tennesseans. Um, I was knocking on doors in Bartlett, Tennessee, right outside Memphis. It was 103 degrees that August day. I had on my golf shorts and shirt and tennis shoes and a cap. I had been leading that state income tax battle that Michelle was telling you about, that we won, by the way. And I knocked on this door, and this little guy came to the door. Turned out he was in his 90s, and I said, handed him my push card, and I said, Hi, I'm State Senator Marsha Blackburn. I'm running for Congress, and I sure would like your vote. He took the card, he looked at it, and he looked at me, and he said, Is that you? I said, Yes, sir, that's that's me. He said, No, that is that you? I said, Yes, sir. I said, I'm Marsha Blackburn, and I sure would like your vote. And he said, All right, why don't you stand there for just a minute? And so I thought, Okay, I'll stand here. I need this vote. I want to be sure I get it, but it's 103 degrees and I'm on a concrete front porch that doesn't have a, a cover. So he turned around and walked back in the house about 20, 20 feet and I heard him yell out, Mama, Mama, get out here. He said, that little old gal that's been leading that income tax fight in Nashville, she is on the front porch and Lord, she is a little old bitty thing. Get out here. And to him, I did not, at that moment in time, look like somebody that had taken on the governor and the political establishment in Nashville and was beating back the state income tax and had won that fight. But what a great lesson to realize leadership is not as it appears. It's as it performs. Recently, I was at a meeting that we were talking about recruiting candidates and one of the guys in the room said, well, you know, so-and-so, he just looks like a candidate from Central Casting. And I said, interesting, why don't you describe that for me? 
They didn't say a word because they know what people want is performance. So whatever you do, whatever the task given to you, perform well. The third point I want to make with you is leaders raise up other leaders. Leaders are always mentoring. They are always, always pulling other people up and pulling them along. You never know when you're going to say something or do something that is going to inspire someone and encourage them. And one of the great lessons of our nation is we have a legacy of service and sacrifice that we pass from one generation to the next generation. And it is up to you, up to you, to raise up those leaders that you are going to have come in behind you and help you with preserving faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity, what we enjoy here in the United States of America. Thank you so much. I am honored to accept and so honored to be with you today. Enjoy your luncheon. Thank you. What you know now, 
that you wish you would have known today back when you were starting out. All right, that sounds good. The positives of being a woman in a leadership role is that you get the opportunity to break glass ceilings, you get the opportunity to open doors for others, and you get the opportunity to look at people and say, look, I may have failed once, but there's no such thing as a failed test as long as you're learning. And I think three pieces of advice uh, would be to always be bold. Tell you a, a quick story, it's kind of a, a funny, funny little story. When I was in college, a woman could not be president of the student body. So I became president of the Associated Women's Students, the women's portion of the student body. Well, you know, they send me, this was in 72, I go off to Chicago for the AWS student convention, and I'm eager beaver from Mississippi State, so I'm sitting on the front row, I'm going to soak up all this knowledge and information and take it back and do good things for my school. And as I'm sitting there on the front row, they bring out Gloria Steinem. I thought, okay. So everybody's standing up and they're applauding and they're cheering. I kept my hands in my lap and sat in my seat. And she looked down at me and I just said, don't like ya. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that taught me something so vitally important at that point in time. First of all, they're thin skin. And secondly, you can ruffle them. And there is virtue in being bold. And uh, the second thing I would say is just stand firm. You know, there's one thing to be bold, but to stand firm on your principles is something else. And when I did the income tax fight in Tennessee, I was the only elected official that would stand up and oppose the governor. So at that point, I was a caucus of one. And I remained a caucus of one for about a month. And then we had some fabulous legislators that joined me in that effort. And this was not a four-day or four-week or four-month fight. It was a four-year battle. And it was a political battle royale. It was the Tea Party before the Tea Party was cool. People were mailing in tea bags to my office from all over the state. And one of my colleagues in Congress now is from Kentucky, but he was in the Kentucky Senate at that time, and he said he would open his mail and there would be these tea bags, and it was because people were getting Nashville radio. So they were mailing tea bags to the Kentucky State Senate, too. But I never wavered. And because of that, we in Tennessee built the most incredible conservative majority in our state. We now have super majorities in the State House and the State Senate. I was the only Republican female in the State Senate. Now we've got five. We had another great conservative female, Diane Black, come to Congress. She was in the State Senate, in the State House when we were doing that fight and later went to the state senate and now came to Congress. So standing firm, not letting them intimidate me, made a huge, enormous difference. And the other thing would be 
Don't be petty. Don't, don't look at the small stuff because it really doesn't matter. Focus on things that are really going to make a difference. I listened to some of this yep, yep, bicker, bicker with some of the campaigns and the personal attacks. We don't have time for that. We are Republicans. We are conservatives. We are the country. And it deserves our best efforts. Blackburn.house.gov, go to Facebook, it is Marsha Blackburn, Twitter, at Marsha Blackburn, Instagram is Marsha Blackburn. We have an opportunity to bring light to something that has been a very dark part of our nation's history. And our Select Committee on Infant Lives is doing that. We are, by House resolution, charged with reviewing the medical practices of the abortion industry and the business practices of the fetal procurement issues industry. And looking at the relationship between the two of those, we held our first hearing this past week. And what was really amazing was this. Even the Democrat witnesses agreed with us that no one should ever make a profit by the sale of fetal organs or fetal tissue. And no one, no one should ever get pregnant and have an abortion for the purpose of selling tissues or organs. That no cures other than some vaccines early on have come from the research of fetal tissue and that the consent forms that are being used by some of the abortion clinics are misleading or coercive. And that came out of that first hearing, but we are very grateful that we've got a great committee. Everybody was well prepped and organized for that. And we feel like this is the way to bring light to the issue that abortion services are not always health services, and maybe to begin to separate these out. Title X funding go to health care services for women, not to abortion services, and we'll deliver our product by the end of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Church and I believe in redemption and second chances, so maybe you're in there.
Of course. Liberal women, yeah. It's bad. It's really, it's scary. Um, I've been called an anti-feminist. I've been called a racist, homophobe, a bigot. I'm sure everyone here has experienced some of that. Sure. What do you think is the best, I wouldn't call it plan of attack, but I guess that's the only way to call it, um, to push back against this idea that women, conservative women, are being traitors to our gender. You know, and that is one of the age-old, um, I guess, <clears throat> the age-old arguments that are out there. Uh, and it's going to come. You know, I've had them talk about my hair, my lipstick, uh, my clothes, you name it. Uh, and many times, and my age, they always love to talk about my age. You know, so uh, you just have to say, it's the small stuff and I'm not going to worry about it. And I always feel like, you know, if you uh, are going to look really great in the pictures and you're going to uh, look approachable and friendly and you're going to reach out. You know why people gravitate to organizations or leaders? Because they relate to them. So be relatable. And just keep thinking the way most women think and welcome women. I think this is one of the great things we're seeing this year. Our tent is being expanded. Republican turnout is out. More up. More women are voting in the Republican Party this year. And those are good things for us. So, yes, liberals that don't have ideas are always going to attack personalities. And when we focus on ideas, we win. So just keep putting great ideas out there. Keep that smile on your face. Keep your arms open and welcome people uh, to your organization and to your team. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, <laughs> here. Yes, I'm delighted that you made it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Caitlin Kukowski. I'm a freshman at Hillsdale College in Michigan. Yes. And um, I was just wondering what, like you said earlier, that there's been a lot of pettiness with this election cycle. So what is the most important issue that you think should be brought up and talked about? Um, because I don't think we've seen a lot of that in the debates and other interviews. It's just you know, there are, um, from what I, I hear, and you've got a pro in the polling industry uh, sitting in here who can tell you exactly, but I hear about three things. National security, jobs and economic security, and retirement security. And yesterday when I gave my speech, I actually referenced the Latin root of the word security, which is securus. And when you look at the Latin root, it means free from care. That's what security means. Think about that. People shouldn't have to worry if we're going to defend our country. And they shouldn't have to worry if the next paycheck is going to be there. And they certainly shouldn't have to worry about ISIS attracted people coming in and shooting up a military recruiting center or a Christmas party. So, what we need to do is talk more about that. The number one issue with women is national security. That's why you want to talk to KT. She can tell you how to answer this. So, those are the, the three things. I'd love to hear more about that. I think the American people would like to hear more about that. Thank you. Thank you.
Wilson, Oregon State University. Um, I was wondering what inspired you to transition from private sector work into public service. Do you know, I had been um, chairman of my Republican Party and had uh, my county party right outside of Nashville. I had built the largest county party in the state, and it still is. And uh, it has become a um, campaign support. Uh, it just, it's kind of the center of a lot of good things that are happening in our state, pushing conservatives. And so, as I did that, and I was very involved with the Chamber of Commerce, I was a small business owner, I had a marketing company that I started and ran. And I was recruiting someone to run for the state senate. And everybody started turning the tables on me and saying, no, Marcia, you ought to be running for this. I didn't think I would ever run. I had run all these campaigns. I had run a governor's race in Tennessee. So I knew the backside of campaigning. But I was busy with my children. And my husband traveled a lot his job. So I just didn't see being in elective office as a fit for me. And then the door opened, and I said, well, okay, I'll go ahead and run. Well, as soon as I put my name on the ballot, since we had not elected a woman to the state senate, all these people decided they were going to run in the primary. Six guys and me in the primary, and I got 54% of the vote. what started the door and then leading it, that state income tax battle and at the end of that the um, the congressional seat was opening up that cycle and again you had seven guys and me in the in the race and I got 52 percent of the of the primary vote so uh, you, that just other people and I think that happens a lot with we don't invite ourselves to the table. We wait for somebody to invite us. And uh, certainly for me putting my name on the ballot that first time, it came as uh, others that encouraged me to make that move. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jessica Laura. I'm interning at Clare Bucuse Policy Institute this semester. I'm from Utah. I go to Weber State University. And my degree is actually in marketing professional sales. So awesome. it's really, really cool that you can sell us. My question would be is, you're from the South, so you know racial tensions are very high right now. I feel like there is a big divide in the country. Um, especially me, I'm new into the political world. Claire Bucluse is helping me be introduced, and it's really, really cool. Um, one of the biggest things I think I've faced is I'm um, um, Latin, so I'm Dominican. Anyone out there represent? <laughs> um, I think what I found is hard is not just being Latin, but you know, African American friends get mad at me too, saying you know the Republican Party is racist, and I just I don't know how we can bring more diversity in because it's not true. It's like they're very stereotypical. Have what have you found to help you? You know what I I think there is um, a lot of it depends on your attitude. A lot of it depends on being welcoming and uh, encouraging people to come with you. And that is going to be the best way to change hearts and minds and to pull people in your direction. So I would encourage you just to keep doing
doing that. I have so many Hispanic and African American friends that agree with me on nearly every issue. And it is uh, exciting for them to see the pro-life issue has been such a unifier between races. And I am just so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to be leading this committee for Congress uh, and doing that deep dive into, into this issue. Thank you. Thank you so much. 